Welcome to Writing the Wrong Way, the podcast for writers who strive to be bold and readers who crave something new. I'm your host, Jonathan Ball. I want to thank you for being here, and I want us to stay in touch. So subscribe to this podcast, then go to writingtherongway.com and enter your best email to receive the Martian Embassy Missive, my bi-weekly newsletter where I let you know what's happening on Mars, where we're always making big plans. Join the Martians so you don't get left out of the invasion at writingtherongway.com. And as a special bonus, I'll send you a free book. Speaking of books, my new book is The Lightning of Possible Storms, a collection of short fiction that reads like a novel. It includes stories about a mad scientist trying to steal his son's dreams, a story where a personification of capitalism is trying to impress his boss by winning a contest at work, a story about a Hollywood producer who just decides to adapt a bunch of explosions, uh, and many other stories, some funny, some terrifying. Salima Nawaz uh, says that is cheerfully horrifying and full of the unexpected. Suzette Mayer says it's beautifully written and expertly composed. And I say, uh, it's time you read this book. I've been working on it for almost 20 years, and I'm excited to share it with you. So please go to possiblestorms.com. Again, that's possiblestorms.com, and you'll find out a lot more about this book and some of the bonuses that you can get when you buy this book. Let's get on with the show. We're going to talk about working together. So let's go around and just introduce you know, who's talking, do the roll call. I'm Jonathan Ball. You're, uh, either I'm your host or I'm your guest, depending on whether this is on my podcast or somebody else, or Gregory's podcast. <laughs> Uh, but I'm Jonathan Ball, and I'm Gregory Kamichek, uh, known professionally as GMB Kamichek. Uh, my name is Lyndon Rachenka. My name is Stephen Cole, and we're going to talk about working together. So uh, I, we were just Gregory was just talking about this, you know, cool idea he has uh, that he's done in the past of just you know getting people together to kind of come up with stories and come up with ideas and just, you know, find different ways of working together. And something you and I have talked about a lot recently is just, like, how, you know, like, we really want to do this project or that project, but what we're really just, like, as we get older, <laughs> not to make it sound like old men, but, like, you were saying this a little while ago, you know, that, like, as time goes on, you just want to, like, work with people that you want to work with more than anything else. Like, that's sort of the, the thing you have your eye on the most in some ways. Yeah. And I kind of agree, like, I used to, when I was young, be like thinking of myself and, and, and very much of the mind that, oh, I got to do everything solo. I got to be the genius. I got to do whatever. And the more like I get into things, the more I just like, I see you just got to work with other people. Like that's more important than everything else. And just finding the right people to work with is just the hard thing. And, and then just finding a process that of like how to work with those people. So I just think that's an interesting topic. And then we've also all four of us here have been working together on different things in different ways well yeah and so one of the things we were talking about is this concept that I put together called 13 horrors which is really briefly uh, on the 13th of every month an hour before midnight I get a bunch of creative people together and we try we race the clock to midnight on the 13th to come together to put together a complete story pitch or idea by using a method that is uh, sort of an amalgam of a thing that's called the plus one, where once an idea is stated, it's accepted, and you can only change that idea by adding to it, not by subtracting from it, right? And so what it allows people to do is everyone has their say, but everyone is paying really close attention to what the other person is saying, and you just kind of race towards the finish it's line. It's improv rules, right? It's yes kind of like improv yes rules. And, yeah, it's like yes and stuff. 
Um, but it kind of came out of, you know, what you're talking about is finding people that you like working with. When you're like 10 years old, you find your friends on the playground kind of by accident, right? Or in, in settings that kind of come up naturally. And as you get older, there are less and less playgrounds <laughs> where you are welcome <laughs> to hang out. Well, you just don't have time to go you're, to the playground right. anymore. So this, the last time I did this, which was a couple of years back, it became a really... I found out by accident that it became a really fun way to get to know different creative people from different fields um, and come together with no strings attached to just make up something for no good reason. And we would usually meet at a bar or a restaurant or any of that, and that's all you know, maybe over for the next little while and we'll do it remotely or whatever. Uh, it's a, it might be easier to get people to meet just before midnight remotely than it was to uh, get them together uh, in downtown Winnipeg just before midnight. Um, but it just gives people a, a way to flex a creative muscle from outside of, like, I would. we had songwriters, we had um, poets, uh, playwrights, filmmakers, comic book people, you know, storytellers, uh, dancers, like, you didn't have to be a writer necessarily to be able to plus one in that kind of environment, right? And it just becomes a really fun way. Now everyone enters it under the sort of proviso that everyone agrees that whatever idea they contribute to, everyone is equally allowed to use it at their own discretion. So if you come up with a story at 13 Horrors and you run away and make a movie with it, none of us are owed anything except our names in the credits. If I run away and make a comic from it, none of us is owed anything except their name in the credits. So you give credits where it's due, you credit 13 Horrors, but everyone is just thrown in. And so it became useful to bring people who had a, uh, uh, a potential to do something with it, right? And I'm more in that field now where like the but people I would invite were all people that could, if they had a story idea, they could go and do something with it. But also not a paranoia about yeah, not operating. A yeah. Which I see in a lot of people when I teach oh, creative yeah. writing. I see this a lot. They have a, a paranoia about collaboration and about someone's going to take my idea. You stole my idea, John. Do you know what I mean? Oh my God, it's my million dollar idea. Oh, I would have got so rich. Well, that, that totally comes from something we said way earlier before we put it on a podcast. Here was the idea that everybody thinks the thing they have in their head is the go- is the piece of gold, the yeah. golden goose. Yeah, and right. it ain't. It's yeah. not. No one has a good idea. No one's ever had a good idea. People just have thousands of awesome ideas. I like to point out that Hamlet is a terrible idea. In fact, T.S. Eliot wrote an essay explaining how bad Hamlet is as an idea. But of course, you know, the execution of Hamlet, you can't deny. Oh, T.S. Eliot didn't deny it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but let me just, just to kind of, before we kind of delve further down that rabbit hole, let me just, uh, one, one thing I think that is a really practical question that I get asked a lot from people is like how do you find somebody to collaborate with um, especially if we're talking comics uh, which you know we've all been kind of working on comics together recently um, uh, I got asked just the other day like how do you where did you find these people to do this comics stuff with like how did you pitch them the idea uh, what have you and I was like well you just you can just pay them money I go that's the easiest way to pitch them the idea but like there is like that question I think which is like, how do you like, even just find somebody or vet somebody in terms of, like, do I want to work with this person? I'm curious to know just more about how you, Stephen, and, and you, Lyndon, kind of started working together. And, like, <laughs> what, um, 
like ha- just because you guys have done uh, a lot, a lot of stuff together. But you know, you're going into another book right now together. Uh, you're working on. You're pitching out a book right now. You've got a book, you know, that you guys did. You published it together, and then you also recently resold it to be sold to be republished, right? And so I feel like. Um, that's maybe maybe it'd be useful just to kind of talk a bit about how you know you guys started working together, or even just like how like Lyndon you started working with Gregory, how I started working with Gregory, and how I started working with Stephen. Like I think it's just like that kind of like uh, yeah, we can delve into that would be like kind of useful, I think. Yeah, like I with Lyndon, I remember like it was yesterday. Like there we were just rounding Saturn in uh, in our ship and. Uh, he came out of the back and we saw each other and we're like, let's make a comic. And, and that was it. No, but like... <laughs> just gotta be in the same place. You mean like all collaborations are essentially a work of fiction, even in how they come together? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, you tell the story so many times, but it, 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 it what matters, in my opinion, like for Lyndon and I, see many other podcasts, uh, we, we work... Yeah, we work together. We went to a... San Diego Comic Con together, and and we, one thing we had in common was comics, and we no. just, when you say we work together, we were bartenders. Bartenders together, together. Yeah. bartenders together, which in itself is a profession that brings people closer and yes. forces you to really We'd have, rely on other people. We had a very small crew of people where we worked. Yeah. You versus a hundred drunks every yeah. night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like zombies yeah. outside. Yeah. Yeah. Drunks were money. No. <laughs> Lots of money. Um, yeah, but so just like comics. Yeah, <laughs> but but like but seriously, it, it just you just gotta know, like it's not the people you know, but you just gotta start to know people. Like I think we're lucky enough in Winnipeg that it's a great community. There's a huge community that like kind of just exists right under the right under the vibrations, and you can just start to know people, and you just meet more and more people who think creatively and you start throwing ideas at each other. Yeah. That's what we did. We just threw ideas at each other and landed on something that worked. But you yeah. got to get around people who actually do things, right? Yeah. But Wait, I, mean, I, wanna, I have a qualifying well, we question. Didn't, we didn't I want to back up on the whole before. thing also, but yes. Yeah, I have a qualifying question that I haven't heard the answer on any of those multiple podcasts you've answered that question on before. Why do you keep working together? Because I think that's at the heart of when people are saying like, oh, how do I find collaborators? They're often asking because they've tried to work with people and it's gone nowhere. Wow. So how does it? Why does it keep working? It's like a good relationship. I, we listen to each other. Yeah, we, we work well together. I mean, it's you have to understand with the that sort of question. It's not anything that we've ever kind of sat back and wondered about. We've, how do you never, resolve conflicts between yourselves on creative issues? Like, what is it? How are those conflicts? What are they? It's and plus, how do they get resolved? It's plus one. It's what you were talking about. It's it's someone throws an idea out, and the other person, if they don't like it, it's not. That's not that's a bad idea. It's how. It's like how I know I there's a cool? nugget there. How can? Where is yeah. it? And how can we add to it? it? And we just. I don't know. If you look at yeah. when we first started talking about Infinite Universe, which was our first book. You came to me with an idea for a story that looks nothing like the story we ended up with. Yeah, I think there's some bones that are still there, but it's a cyborg now. Um, and like, yeah, it, it was just I, I, yeah, I just gave this idea, and then, I, yeah, and then he would say something like, 
he'd be like, okay, but like, what if they did like this? And I go, that's the thing I was looking for. Like, right. you're. It's almost like each of us has half the puzzle pieces to the same puzzle without knowing it, and we find out that when someone comes with an idea that maybe isn't totally baked or complete, um, that once we start putting our heads together to develop the story, we both end up with a story that we like. It's interesting. One last thing to add, to the note of how do we keep working together, I think that's like a, almost like a practice thing. We like, after doing it so much, we, we understand almost how each other comes up with an idea mm-hmm. and like for the thing we're working on right now we had to hammer out like I was it was after work I, li- I worked just over here um, we had an hour to bang out like the full intro of this comic which would effectively set the tone for this comic and literally within an hour like it looked like a, a, a movie we were pacing around the yard and acting yeah. out scenes <laughs> and yeah. trying and to figure then, out the paneling and the composition and and like I don't know. Elements. It was it was cool. It was like an hour, and we. Do just, you guys take reference shots when you're doing that, or that's just like mental pictures? No, it's just, just mental pictures. pictures. Yeah. It's just because we had to see if it worked in in the context of a page, right. and yeah, and it did. And, uh, yeah, it did. So like in, in acting, they call that just putting it on its feet, right? It's something I learned uh, working in these theater projects. Something that was sort of explained to me, and I kind of learned by watching it happen and then doing it is that. When you want to know if a scene works, you put it on its feet. Yeah. Right. It's not enough to write it out. It's you got to be you got to be standing up. You got to be delivering the line with a little bit of gusto. Yeah. And then when it falls flat, you hear it immediately fall out of the mouth of the actor. Right? Yeah. And I mean, it's a technique that we kind of stumbled into when we started on the six-page comic. Tomorrow's Escape. Tomorrow's Escape, our short comic that we did, is we were actually sitting exactly where we were right now. And we had to come up with a story idea in a couple hours so that we could get to work. I think, yeah, we only budgeted a couple hours for it. Yeah, and Steve even had brought his sketchbook and was essentially thumbnailing, but the idea was that we were figuring out, we were doing all the thumbnails, but also we were doing a lot of the compositions in with with ourselves that to figure out how it would yeah. fit on the page. So we had to get that plan because I didn't have a lot, the way we budgeted, I didn't have a lot of time to really sit and, and think about it. Plan every little bit, so we had to do that all at once. So it was like we almost figured out the story for each panel mm-hmm. or each page because mm-hmm. each well we broke it up. Each page was its own story. Yeah, I, I have an important collaborating question. Oh no! Have you ever had to fight over money? Really? No. Have you ever had anything successful enough that you didn't know who was owed what? No. So I, I think I, you guys need to. My advice to you is you need to have that conversation early. Well, you have to remember when we first published, because you keep working. You guys are eventually going to have something. You yeah. like you don't stop working. You keep making books. Eventually, you're going to have something that hits. Yeah. and make some money. And it doesn't have to be like monopoly level yeah. money. It can just be suddenly you got twenty five thousand dollars, and should you just give it all to the artist because he's the one that put in the most effort. Yeah, I mean, when we look at... Story writers. If we want to... No, no, don't. (laughs) When we started... When we did Infinite Universe, um, we had a really strong launch with it. We made, you know... We made our money back. We made made our money back. Well, we made a... a I think by now we have. We have by now, but we made a good chunk of money right up front. 
And um, when we had printed the book, we had each paid half of the print cost. Right. Now, when we started to make that money back, um, you took the first chunk of the money we made back. Uh, yeah, I, I felt really bad about it, too. But no, no that's fine. No, yeah. But that was that was yeah. what happened, was we made a bunch of money right at the front. Yeah. And... Um, that was your agreement. That we were going to split the money. The, the, agreement, well, the agreement was initially just... We knew re- what each was technically owed. Yeah, and yeah. we would split the money that we made evenly. But we made Later. a bunch of money up front, and I we agreed that Stephen should take... The first chunk of money that we made. Well, let's uh, talk specifically about this in a bit more detail. So, you, you're coming into an interesting point, which is one, you know, when you, somebody starts to collaborate with another person, they really should take some time to like put an agreement together. But also, uh, something they need to think through is like, how is that agreement going to age? It's like me and Stephen yeah. had an agreement for the Dirk Dirksen comic that we were starting to do. Our agreement initially was like, well, uh, I think it was like a 75-25 split, and then he was also going to get a page rate. But then after, like, you and I were talking more, I just was like, well, let's just make it a 50-50 split plus the page rate. Well, because and- what's going to happen in down the line is, like, if there's a disproportion, like, say the thing is super successful, right. well, down the line, it's not even in my best interest to have more of it. Because he'll just say, well, fuck it, I'm not going to draw more, more art until we renegotiate the contract. Right. Right? Because why wouldn't you? So, like, like you got to think not just, like, what makes sense now, but, like, what's going to make sense if the thing does go successful? Yeah. And sometimes that even means, like, I should have less money because then we won't get into as many arguments. Right. Well, yeah. You need to... Part of this conversation of how do you find collaborators is that you need to find people that make you excited to make things. Yes. 100%. That's, that part's... And in, in a lot of ways, that part's easy. Finding people who are also excited about the stuff that you're interested in has never been easier. Thank you, Internet. <laughs> right? Yeah, nowadays. Finding people who can deliver on that excitement, a much smaller percentage, mm-hmm. but they're out there. Finding people who can put their ego aside if it suddenly makes money, much more difficult. Yeah. Right? And that is, that is, that is why you need to have those agreements. Well, Figured out ahead of time. And it was like on the other side of when you're talking about the agreement between you yeah, and I, Jonathan. Just as an example, uh, you were the first person. You are the first person I've like professionally, outside of like commissions, I've professionally collaborated with outside of hey, thank you, Linda. Um, and uh, when I got that contract, I, I read it. And I had the same kind of thought. I was like, this is great for now, but I don't know if it's going to age right. But I, I just don't know how to handle this. So that's why I was saying like. I just want Lynn to look at this, so we can, and then we talked about it. I'm like, I'm like, see, it doesn't doesn't age well. And then you're like, just tell him that. And then you texted me like an hour later. Well, I talked and, to Gregory, and he's yeah. like, you know, this isn't going to yeah. age well because we had a similar yeah. thing. And yeah. I was like, and you're like, how about this? And I'm like, that's what's perfect. perfect. <laughs> yeah. I actually had asked Lennon, like the the path of it was like, I got I asked Lennon, like, what's your contract with Stephen look like? And yeah. He's like, oh, here's the thing. And I was like, well, here's just, what it looks like. And yeah. I had one with Gregory, kind of half done. He's like. So I was just like, oh, I'll just like do a version of these two things together. Yeah. Then we, I was talking to Gregory. And he's like, he's like, he's like, yeah, this is great for now. But then, like, what's it going to look like when this happens? And here's the thing. Okay, so if we're talking to a listener that is saying, like, what is the purpose of a collaboration? The hope is you create a thing together. Yeah. You love what you created, and you both want to stand beside it every time it's mentioned. Yeah. You yeah. both want to be proud to be a part of that every time it's mentioned. Yeah. As soon as the ownership deal of the IP is disproportionate in the favor of one party, 
you're not both equally proud of no. it anymore. Because yeah. it doesn't behoove a person who only gets 10% yeah. to bring it up in conversations with a producer, to share it in conversations with other publishers, because they don't get anything for that. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not in their best interest. And unfortunately, but, but it's true, people tend to act in their own best interest. And so you can you can hack that right o- right at the start by saying let's share in the IP equally. Yeah. So if you're friends, don't be afraid to sign the contract before you do anything. Yeah. Now yeah, IP like, and payment are friendship. separate lines in yeah. a contract. Yeah. The one person can be paid more at the onset right. than the other. Yeah. While both retain an equal share of the intellectual property. Yeah. Right, and yep. you can switch it so that like, but, but because of that, so because of that though, you can get into weird. If you're not thinking through the the long term effects of this situation, this collaboration, what's it going to look like when we're both broke, and also what's it going to look like when we're both rich? You know, like yeah. you got to think like through the different scenarios and like how's it going to age potentially? Because in that scenario, because you both have IP rights that are perhaps equal, but you may have disproportionate. Uh, money investment one person if they are getting less money could just be holding up exploitation of the rights so it doesn't even make business sense necessarily unless you're just doing a work for hire contract or something which then again like you say the person's not invested in it necessarily but a work for hire contract it can work for you you might take because you A. need the money or B. like the project or both of those things or like the people involved in the project so you take the job anyway yeah there's nothing wrong with it but But two years later when someone's like hey I've you know what books do you want to recommend are in this because like you know let's say something practical when you do media or you do any interviews or you're pushing any product if you stay in if you stay in publishing then it's your work that you like the most that you gain the most from that you mentioned so I have have a question this is going to be a switch gears here Uh, but I think it might help anybody who is is just kind of getting into this idea for the first time when do you call it on a working relationship? When's the best point? I quit. Well, or... on two people, if you're if you're not getting along, like, mm. so say you have an idea together and, and and you're pushing, you're pushing, but you just don't get along. Have you ever walked away? Yeah. Walked away. Yeah. And times. like, is yeah. that okay to walk away? It is. Yeah. And what you have to say, yeah. I've been in that position. I mean, now that I've been I've been doing comics for a long time. Uh, you know, both independent stuff and then more professional stuff. Especially when you're starting out, you end up starting tons of projects, mm-hmm. right? That you just can't find the legs for. And I've had to walk away from a number of different projects where it's just. Well, I'm talking specifically with a collaborator. Yeah. When the problem is the the person. Yeah, because when I first started in comics, I was doing the writing side more than the art, and mm-hmm. so I was collaborating with artists more. Yeah. Right, coming to them with the with the concept. And yeah, you just sometimes you have to realize that if it takes more energy to resolve yesterday's issues than you're putting into today's new page, it's time to call it. Yeah. Okay. Right. That's that's been my litmus test. Like, you know, you're talking about the project again, you know, it's a new day and you're having to resolve something from yesterday more than you're working on today's stuff that's yeah. going to compound as the week right yeah progresses as the month progresses 
Right. I haven't run into that yet. No. Like, like with it's the people coming, I, just wait. Yeah, with the people I've worked with. Linda gets a couple of couple of big checks. Yeah, because with the people I've worked with, I could plus one all day. Like when when Jonathan and I were talking about story ideas with the the, the project we're working on. We we could just we were just texting back and forth like oh what if they did this or or here's my idea that has nothing to do with what we're doing right now but like this is why I drew it this way and they'd be like oh my god that's such a cool idea yeah um, or, or vice versa and so I haven't run into that yet but I feel like that flow is something that just doesn't happen with a collaborator that you're yeah. not working well yeah. with I think it's a thing that's maybe more um, we were kind of talking around this a little bit before. Uh, we started recording, but I think it's kind of something that is maybe comes more along with people who are uh, perhaps just less like they're too wrapped up in the project as their project. Maybe like so, like like. After. Sorry, what was that? Keep going. But like, there's a um, so so for example, uh, like I I really like it when like Gregory has an idea or you have an idea for something because even like if it's different from what I was thinking. But part of that is like, oh, you know, it's a cool idea, I like the idea. Part of it's though, though also is like, well, if his idea ruins it, <laughs> I could just do something else. Yeah. Like, worst case scenario, if we try that idea and it somehow ruins everything, well, then I'll just call it quits on this book and do a different thing. You well, know that's what? why you workshop the oh, idea okay. before like, you throw like, it so down, it's like, right? I, it's, it's important yeah. to me and it's a precious project but the, and there's certain things I would say, no, that's a bad idea. But there's other things where it's like, I don't need to be precious about 80% of the idea. There's like there's like 40% of it or whatever, or 20% of it. There's some percentage of th- things that like are the essential core of that idea. And as long as we don't touch that. I have a lot to add to that, but Lyndon has... But you know what I mean? Like, well, well, you just as an example, before we get to Lyndon's thing, you, you had that forge idea. <laughs> I tried. Okay, let's just go to Lyndon's. <laughs> No, is it? But as a as a writer with no <laughs> collaborators, let other collaborators speak. Yeah, yes. As a as a writer with no. So go ahead, Lynn. Thank you. <laughs> How many times I could cut him off while trying to make room for him? Use it again. As a writer with no illustrative ability, I'm, I've been as I've been listening to everyone speak here. I've been looking at. Um, my role in the in the books that I've been working on, and right now I'm working on four books: two with Stephen, one with our friend Zach, and one with our friend Chris. And of those three, of those four books, one of them was my idea. Right. Now, if you think if you think of the three books that we've done together, uh-huh. all of them are started with your idea. It's true, but, and, but, no, but like you said before, it started yes. with an idea that doesn't look anything like one. No, and that's fine, yeah. but Gre- Gregory made a, a good point earlier where he said you have to work with someone who is excited to do the work. Mm-hmm. So I found um, in my projects the best way to do the work, to have someone excited to do the work is, you know, they are in every respect an equal member of, or an equal, they have an equal stake in coming up with the idea, creating the story, um, the one story that I came up with and pitched to a collaborator is the project that I'm doing with Zach. But Zach, you know, ironically or not ironically, is the only collaborator that I'm doing right, that I'm working with right now that I'm doing a full Marvel method style of writing with. So while the story idea was mine, 
Zach is coming up with the pacing of the story and the general creation of the storytelling. Um, When we look at the books that you and I have done or the the book that Chris and I are doing, um, the idea, the, the initial nugget of the idea was not necessarily mine, but me and, say, you in the situation built on top of it to a degree where it is now both of our ideas, but is still recognizable to both of us as being equal parts of us. And okay, so, so how do you let go of the idea, right? Because yeah, I, you have to let it go. Because so, like, I took a while sure. to learn that. Thanks, both of you. Oh, wait, yeah. is that Jim B. Kamichuk out here talking? Yeah. Go oh, ahead. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he had his hand up next. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All I'm saying is that while in a lot of the projects I'm very comfortable in sort of taking the lead, I am never interested in fully taking the driver's side, the driver, right, yeah. the driving wheel. Um, the thing I was going to say uh, is that it comes from your point that you were making, John, about how you can, if the idea changes too much, you'll just make a different book. One of the things that I've found collaborating with some people is that if they were plus one and the initial idea becomes so different, sometimes that is better, you're better off as a writer because you've gone and made a completely new thing with someone else and that Something. core thing that you were going to do, you can still do. Oh, right? Yeah. It's still there to be done because it's changed so much, Mm -hmm. right? That now you can go back to the well again, essentially, and do the book again if you had to. Yeah. Right? So you take the momentum where it's going. And it's just extra work. Like, like, so the example I was going to use was this thing we're working on right now, right, is the eye collector issue two. Well, we're kind of working on three, but like we just were finished coming off working on two. And you had a point where there's a point in the comic where... Uh, the kid, there's you know this kid Nathan hides in his father's study, and he hides in a in the script he hides in a closet. From the closet he can see this like secret room that opens, and there's a forge inside. And you had the idea that well, what if he just hides in the forge? Yeah. Well, okay. And, you, you, that... and, and I and, and I and when you came to me with that, I was like, one. I, so first thing I would do I do in that sort of scenario is I'm like, okay, let's quickly evaluate like what's his idea. And the first term for me that I evaluated on is like, is it is it more interesting than my initial idea? Like, is it so? Like to me, it's like, well, closet is a normal place people hide in. A weird machine that you set a fire in is not. So I was like, immediately, it's just it's a more in- objectively, it's a more interesting I'm glad idea. So here's a funny thing. So when I make a change or want to make a change in a script, so this is a good practical. So you just do it and then ask for forgiveness later? So no, but what I'll do... He brought this up before he had done it. Yeah, before I decided to do it. But what I did was I don't justify the change in the initial um, ask. I simply ask. So, like, I I didn't say, here's all the reasons why I want to put him in the forge, which I had a long list. I simply said, I'd like to take out the closet and have him hide in the forge, period. Is that okay? Right? Mm-hmm. Because then the reasons for no, in this case, because he is the uh, lead writer, the reasons for no will come from his justification of how it supports the story. Right? Yeah. Right. Then I'll argue if I don't agree with those. <laughs> but there's no point in arguing if his justification for keeping it is something I'll agree with. Yeah. Right? right? I do have reasons for changing it, which I know, and these were them as follows. 
We only had a few pages to get him from his room through a scary house to hide in a closet to witness his dad take something out of a drawer to then have another character enter into the scene to then observe a scary thing to then introduce the forge and that's all within six pages of comics it's a lot sounds like a weird movie right too much essentially there were two characters conflicting for the same role in the story the closet and the forge both had to be important visually so I said to myself well there's room to hide in one no. And get rid of the other character. I don't need the closet as a character. I have something you can hide in and put the character into it. And then the other real strong, my big advocator that I thought I could win him over with if I didn't agree with his ideas for keeping it the closet was that we have a reoccurring thematic motif in the story of a crescent moon. And the doorway of the forge, which is round, when it's partially closed, the light coming through it would create a crescent to look through so that visually I'd be able to reinforce a consistent visual theme so these were sort of my I didn't put any of that first I didn't say here's all the reasons why we have to change it my idea is better I simply stated what I wanted if he had said no and I had agreed with his reasons for the no I would have just carried on and figured out how to put the closet in there but when he was like yeah if it doesn't change the story too much try it I think I should look to it we were some of this is a memory of when we were talking about changing the layout of the study overall. Mm-hmm. When we got to the forge, what you actually said was, I ditched the forge. I ditched this closet. <laughs> I ditched the closet. I'm going to put him in the forge. And I said, I said, uh, whatever works. Yeah. <laughs> no, I hadn't done but, any but of those But we had talked yet. like that around the study earlier. Yeah. So, and it, but... Oh, but that's it, true. That's true. We yeah, had already so had you're conflating two things. But, but, you're right, but that, that's exactly yeah. the approach. And I think, yeah. and when I get that text and I'm like, Gregory's like, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Part of the thing that comes into play in this example specifically is like I've known like I've known you for what 15, 15 years at this point yeah at least fifteen years and I've seen your stuff through those years yeah and so like, by the time like we and I are working on the eye collector it's like I kind of know what to like I'm I would be an idiot to like hand you a script and think oh Gregory's gonna follow that it. script yeah. <laughs> When I was telling, I was just talking to Lyndon a little while ago. I was like, you know, he's like, oh, he's he was lettering, uh, changing the letters on uh, page nine. He's like, he's like, oh, you really changed page nine. I'm like, well, Gregory didn't draw page nine. (laughs) (laughs) He just decided not to draw it. (laughs) Like, but he's right. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as as soon as I was looking through the script, it's like, oh, all the stuff on that page is actually just repeated on this later page. Right. So it makes perfect sense. But I was reading through it and I'm like, this is just a new page. Do I need to? Do I need to? Do I need to bill him for another page? Like this? This isn't anything like it was. And then no, I looked through and like, oh no, wait, this is just from later on. I just need to pull it forward instead. It's and actually I, not later on. It seems like it is because it's so redundant. Yeah. That it's all the same information. But I'm pretty sure I didn't have to like recreate most of the bu- the word balloons. They already existed in later pages. I think so I, I deleted the later forward. ones. But yeah. So here's yeah. the real important thing I think, guys, about why I've enjoyed iCollector and why specifically I like working with both of you because we have both worked on other things before I'm able to anticipate what you guys will do when a small change occurs it's not going to rattle you to the point where you're like I don't know what to do (laughs) you just read a little bit ahead and say oh I get it no, this is repeated information. This is Let's, just ridiculous. Right? <laughs> it's ridiculous right? Why am I doing this? Yeah, yeah. Right? And because there is enough 
of a relationship, you know, like we've had now for what, like the last six months, a pretty steady everyday text chain related to comics and the making of comics. Yeah. So we have a. a, a yeah, we have a. I'm gonna get an iPhone. Okay. <laughs> but what I mean by that is, it's not like in this particular, um, in working environment, that I'm incommunicado or unreachable. Or well, un- well, like, you're un- as close. Yeah, you're pretty are, close. Right? As close as you can be. As close as but I you're can. You're not. Be. If I could be completely unreachable for six <laughs> months at a time, yeah, yeah. gentlemen, I'm sorry, I would be, but. Um, that's for my own mental health. It has nothing to do with you guys. <laughs> um, so, but the point is that when you pick your collaborators, you should also, they should be able to talk shit about you like you guys are doing right now. <laughs> but it's also... And it not make you upset when they're telling the truth. Right? I, I got, I, I kind of got something... Um, oh no, you asked to start talking shit. Talking shit about Lynn. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it's not actually talking shit, uh, but it was just something that Lynn said earlier that kind of like got me to think where the idea of like, so he, he mentioned that of our projects, like I technically came to him with the idea. Whoops. Um, that's a, that, I just think that's a measure in ego. That, that that's that's a, a lesson that a, a new creator could teach themselves when they're when they're collaborating. I, I I've had the thought sometimes where it's like, did I think of this? <laughs> and and like and like it's just a quick conversation where it's like, should I be like asking for more of this or so or something <laughs> like that? And, and and it's never never becomes serious, but it, it's something where I feel like. I don't know, you have to work with yourself to realize, like, the, the idea is way beyond the thing that you ever started yeah. uh, talking about, because that is a place I think people can get bogged down in, is the ownership of that original idea, and mm-hmm. I think that's, that is a point where you can get, once you've started collaborating with someone, where you start asking yourself who was first. And I think it kills your career ultimately. Oh, like it yeah, can yeah. make your career yeah. in some. It can really create, get the business down. I, th- it I can create a needless conflict, especially if you've pulled something together that's beyond or even looking exactly like that original idea. If you've decided to take it to a, a collaborator and you've both been just droning on it and working really hard on it and really well, loving it, I think it's, it's, like it's not your idea. Publisher. It's not I your idea anymore. Publisher, if yeah. you can't work with the guy. You know who's working on the comic with you? Who's actually yeah. excited about the? Who's concept. actually yeah. excited? I mean, exactly. you, I, I understand what you're saying, but like from my end, it ultimately just makes my job easier. Like I don't have to, I don't have to sell you an idea and that you love. You yeah. already have an idea that you love. I get to now take that and build on top of it. I, I, I guess what what I'm saying is it's it's. It, in a story-breaking thing, I don't think it's ever about ownership of... No, no, no. Ownership of the person who goes, bald man named Dave in Alley with Werewolf. Like, like I don't think there's <laughs> yeah. ever um, no. an ownership over that when you're breaking a story with someone. Okay, there's a practical element here, though. So if you're a person trying to make rent, trying to do all, you know, just trying to live and do this, there are some knobs you can turn to have the mix the way you want it. So, like, one of the things that you can do... One of the reasons why I feel emboldened to make a change in a script page is because we have a 50-50 share in the IP. So if that's true, you have to reflect that in a story change, right? If, however, he has 90% of the IP and I have 10%, 
then I'm getting paid three times as much for my pages, and I will do exactly what I'm told. And well, that is well, how so I adjust it. Your time. I, I, I should clarify, do. this was for uh, 50% IP ownership, right? right? Yeah. So, yeah. But this when is, there's a hierarchy, it's different. Listen, if someone's yeah. learning from this, they're saying, like, where is my, what should I be asking for, how should I be doing it? One of the things you can do is say, let's say my page rate is, uh, if we're going to share it, I can work for $200 a page, we're going to share it 50-50. But if you're going to make tons of changes and it has to be your way every way, then I work for $600 a page. And but that, you own it. At that yeah, point, it's not true. even worth your time to think of ideas that are cool. Exactly. Yeah. And so it may seem like it is because I'm paying you four times as much. No, it's not. But it's not. Yeah. No. And so it's. I think it's even weirdly, like, in my best interest to pay you. Off. It's in my best interest to give you rights, I think. Yeah. And, like... I mean, we'll see in the long run. But I think, like, personally, like, even the financial end of it, to me, it's in my best interest to have you invested in the artistic process. Yeah. And the, the way I look at it is, like, it's just more work. Like, in the end, it's just more work, potentially. Well, in Either term- you make it better or you make more work for me. Yeah. Like, worst case scenario, it's more work for me. So, like, And I mean, there's an argument to me made that if you hadn't suggested the closet, I wouldn't have put him in the forge to begin with. Right, like that. The one that yeah. got the it, other. It, it is, can I, and the crescents and stuff. Like I put all those. Yeah, those crescents crescent were there, there. Also, that's your idea. Like so it gets really muddy. It gets very complicated you, to try to separate it. Yeah. But, but I think. But I just want to go back to like the really nuts and bolts of it is like when you come back and like turn it. It's a twenty-two page script that we're doing, so it's a twenty-two page comic, and you came back with twenty-one pages. <laughs> And so at that point, I'm like, okay, well, I've got to, because you've made a series of different changes, and it's resulted in, you know, this one page being dropped, basically. With an option that which, two which, different areas could have an extra page. Well, well, that's an option that I came up with. I'll yeah. just point it out. So when I get, like, 21 pages back, I, and it's supposed to be 22, and I looked at I'm like, first thing, I was like, okay, well, where did he drop a page? I looked at the page you dropped, and I looked at the script, and I was like, it makes sense to drop that page. And then I was like, okay, well, I need it to be 22 pages for a variety of reasons. One of which is an artistic reason of like, well, the other cool one is thing it's you our drew. contractual obligation. Well, to there's a lot of reasons yeah. for it. Yeah. But one is, but like, so I'm like, okay, well, now I have to come up with where could a new page go and what should it be? So I was like, I came up with two places. I suggested one place, you came up with a better idea for a second, a different place. I looked at the both. I thought, okay, actually, he's right. It should be here instead. And this comes back around to... And then I wrote that page. So here's my thing. So I leave a gap, right? Yeah. Which I... Is, I've is, seen the gap. Is knowingly left. It's a gap. Right? I've, I've a, seen the missing page. <laughs> yeah. I've done the letters. It's, it's going to be a better issue. It's, this is what I'm saying. It's not a, it's not it's a trick. Work. It's not like, oh, I tried to hand in 21 pages. It was like, Great. here's the 21 pages that tell the story of that script. Right, I did the story of that script essentially, as far as I'm concerned, in that 21 pages. There's room now for some other thing. It can be an expansion of an existing. Now, I didn't say this to you. No, but you're, right? I know that you. I have what I held back was if John. I made a list in my notes of three different places where I would put in an extra page. Right, the first one was like the very first page of the story. I thought I could redo page one, right, very differently and make it really interesting and to extend a last page and extend the crow sequence in it. Like, for me, I had already done thumbnails of, like, if he's like, oh, my God, what have you done? I'd be like, here are three 
options, which you can have by tomorrow, right? But he didn't. He's like, hmm, ponderous. Oh, this is better. That is better. That's not as good. Well, to me, it's an opportunity now to like rewrite the script, and I guess like well, I have to. I have to rewrite the script. Well, whatever. <laughs> you agree. The letterer loves re-lettering. Now, I am the third member of this party with no it. ownership stake in this. <laughs> so you, you feel like you're I only get paid a page rate, and yes, that's exactly it. I will I do whatever it is again. that I'm told. Right. But like, is I how I'm thinking. I'll look at the script, and the only time that I will not do what it says is when it does it when it physically does not work on the page right. anymore. Yeah. Um, other than that, I'm just like, oh, this could look cool and goes along with what Jonathan's saying it should look like. Um, yeah. But I'm not out here making extensive revisions because that's not my job. No, it's not worth thing, your time. Yeah, I think there is a place. Uh, maybe... Well, I, mean, I, I mean, do I make clearly, artistic decisions. Yeah, yeah, Eye Collector is not the project because it's already too far underway. But there is a... I think an argument to be made to people making comics that the letterer should be in early in the decision making of character. So once the characters are being established, I think a writer who is smart and has access to, like there's so many people now who have these talents up there, to reach out to letterers and say, here are the character traits, show me some lettering that expresses these traits of these characters in a way that I'm not thinking of, that I can show the artist, right? There is a place for the letterer to also set a visual tone in the whole book. And the books that are done the best, the ones that you like kind of don't notice the lettering, some people say, those are the best ones when you don't even realize it's been lettered. You could argue that that is incorrect. The best ones are when you look at it and you say, wow, if this word wasn't exactly in this place, the whole meaning of the page would be different. I think it's a fine line, though, because there are lettering styles out there that are very flashy, and um, you notice the lettering, and you can go, oh, that looks really cool, but if that if that look isn't sort of synonymous with how the art looks, yeah. then it's going to look out of place and, and not necessarily in a good way, even if the lettering on its own looks really cool. Right. Like, I, there's a lot of letterers on the internet that I like. I look at their style and I go, that looks awesome. I wish I could do that. Or I need to learn how to do that. But at the same time, I look at it and go, but I can't imagine ever using it in a book because right. it, it's too flashy. It jumps out too much. Right. Well, I always think of, you know, we were talking about earlier about image comics, and I always think about Tom Orzakowski his letters for Spawn the early image comics that was one of the things that really leapt out to me and that guy has he's still doing he's been on more Spawn comics than Todd McFarlane he's done every Spawn comic (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. And it's like, um, like that's an example. Like, where right, it is the a whole f- run. He's yeah, done the whole run. He's done the whole run. We just is that a, is that he broke records? They, just, they got him the Guinness for the long. Yeah, so run. he he's got the long run. Yeah. We were laughing that. Um, sorry, we'll get back to you, Jonathan. Um, <laughs> that's, my, that's my point. <laughs> just nerding now. Just nerding. We I was laughing with Stephen last week because I yeah. looked up, you know, how do I apply to work for McFarlane Comics, and the the guidelines are you have to physically mail them your portfolio. To review, right. and Stephen's response was, "What are you gonna try and get the one lettering job for the one comic from the one guy who's done it for 308 issues? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs> Never know. 
motivation. In line, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you just gave yourself a line. I just need to get a name in there. Maybe yeah. they'll do backups. He's, he's going to retire one day. Eventually. Yeah. Or the movie's going to break big, and they're going to put four more books on the line, and, you know? Hey, I really be... hope he's got an ownership stake at this point if he's been doing it for 30 I years. I bet he does. Well, I wonder, yeah. Like, I, you know, at that point, uh, like pure speculation. But... I could see Todd McFarlane as a businessman along with Wait, a version of an ownership yeah. stake. Yeah. yeah. The, um... Sub-ownership. Royalties. Yeah. You lost it? Yeah, I lost. Oh, well, it's going to be profound. It was your um. Well, oh no, it can't be then. <laughs> but I was just saying, like, when it, when it when it does, I feel like the collab part of the collaboration process too for me is like when I sat down and wrote those scripts, I had pre we at that point, I'd written like uh, I'd written this thing as a feature film. I'd written and thought about it a lot over like those fifth that like long fifteen years there, <laughs> but I'd also like at some point I'd settled on you doing it in my head. Um, we had talked about it years and years and years ago and you'd done like some stuff for it at that point and whatever when it finally was like we we're going to go and do it like it was kind of a scenario where we had agreed to do it before I wrote the actual comic scripts do you remember we were at Clementine's or at least the way it hits in my memory is we were at Clementine's and you were you were sort of like I'd like it to be you I'm going to arrange it so that it can be you and I said well I'm at a place right now where I'll only work on projects that I have a stake in and that I can change along the way like I don't want I'm not interested in working on a project that is just the way you must do it right and so we had kind of had that conversation of like you're gonna have to let me do my thing sometimes and you know but the other thing though that I was driving towards is when I sat down and wrote the scripts, I knew you were going to draw it. So I was trying—I was literally sitting there thinking, "Okay, what would be cool for Gregory to draw?" Yeah, which is an important thing as a writer when you're I, dealing with not just like what would look cool after he's drawn it. What would he like to draw? But what yeah. would he like to draw? Yeah, like I do that too. Yeah, I'm an eye collector. When you uh, eyeballs, Gregory likes. You know, well, tentacles. The sequence with the <laughs> giant. Well, I made it a giant crow, but the crow over the the river, over the river of bones. I was like, I was yes, like, I can't wait to do this. A canyon page. filled with yeah. bones. With the, I was like, can't wait to make this page. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and the giant crow was for sure a holdover from everything I couldn't do in. Uh, in the Apocrypha book, there's a sequence with those big birds in it. Well, and I'd seen that book, right? Right. And so I was, I, 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 again, I, I've got an idea in, in my head. I've got all the stuff I've seen you do, and I know you can do. I've got things I think you do well, and things I think you do less well. And like I'm sitting there I'm writing, a, please I'm elaborate. There writing a yeah. script, yeah. and I'm like sitting there thinking, okay, well, how can I? I'm, in my head, it's like a checklist. Like, what's like the 20 things I know. I would like to see Gregory draw. Yeah. There's only 20 things. Or whatever, you know. But it's, it's like, probably, but and, and of those I, 20, and how can I get them, them as, I can do in good. as much yeah. as possible? <laughs> right? So they should come every five pages so that well, when like, you I'm flip not through the you, book, it feels pretty good. Yeah. But for example, <laughs> but I'm not going to give you a detailed background to draw. Right. Right? I'm not I mean, gonna, I can do it, but I don't want to. You could, but you don't want to. <laughs> I've seen you do it, but you don't like to do it. Okay, and here's what. You like a bunch of mist. Okay, sorry. Here's what comes. Indistinct shapes. Yeah. Here's yeah. what it comes down to for me. I'm not saying it is a criticism. I'm saying I, it's, it's how I'm thinking. Like no, I accept it. But, but I, like I, I think I'm it's gonna, important for like someone listening to understand. Some people like to do backgrounds, super detailed, geographically sound, illustrative backgrounds. They enjoy it. They're good at it. They should keep doing that. This is not an indictment of background in comics. 
I, however, it's a disproportionate payoff. Trust me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I find that if you want to do comics as a job, get over it. The more detailed your backgrounds, the less your living wage becomes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, horror books are great because you can get away with deep shadows and weird mist. Right? It's a lasso tool on Photoshop. Right? You can do lots of stuff that allow you to more rapidly produce the same result. Also, if you've ever watched somebody read a comic, and I mean like really watch them read a comic. Right over it. It's two or three seconds per panel they're spent. Mm-hmm. Maybe 30 if they absolutely love you as they an artist. They over it, yeah. Right? But they're not spending the time for the reward. I refer you to Jack Kirby, right? His yeah. backgrounds are just fast and simple, but, but like, they're amazing. When Tony I wrote Carlin for Steven, I wrote a piece really? of business that the, uh, the these guys have drinking and talking, and I wrote a piece of business for him to draw while they're talking, where like the one guy like notices the other guy's his drink is empty, he sees the other guy's drink is still full, he swaps the drinks while they're talking with something else. Right. Because I knew, like, oh, he'll draw that. Yeah. That's not a big deal. He'll yeah. have fun with something like that. Yeah. Talking heads are the, like, I hate it. You would never want, for you, I don't even write dialogue guy. half the time. It's like, no letters, no letters, no letters. <laughs> That's the fa- my favorite thing <laughs> on a page. But when I like, get a page from, I, from J-Ball and it says no Steven, letters, he's, great. Got, he's got a bunch of dialogue to screw, to right. have to deal with. Whether but he likes it or not. Steven's better with the, like, uh, to use heads. the term acting, right? Like, yeah. your characters are better actors than my characters. And sure. so, sure. you'd yeah. want it, like, if I was writing for you, I would write character scenes mm. like crazy because yeah. it would be fun to watch them come but to life. But that's even why I'm not going to give you a comedy script. Exactly. And I, I went and found it. Steven. Yeah. It's not that I, you couldn't do it. Yeah. Like, you would, you would, you'd be like, why would, would I, why take me I longer. Yeah. And, and the longer it takes fun. me, the less fun I'm having. Yeah. Well, we're talking head. It's just copy and paste. Just change the face. It's it's like old GI Joe cartoons. Yeah, old GI Joe cartoons. Well, it is like that. But I, I. So you'd rather draw a tentacle with an eyeball coming out of it? Well, maybe not a tentacle. Okay, yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, but I'd rather. I tend to want to create mood more than I want to create a story beat and it's constantly a fight for me when I'm illustrating to bring it to a story beat instead of just making a moody emotive illustration so what would you tend to call that is that because you come from a collage style you think <laughs> I think so because that's what collage is about right it's about creating yeah. you like that yeah yeah, yeah. you fucker <laughs> Uh, witty points. You're ahead on all the wit points, Stephen. I, I think okay. like what where it kind of comes down to in some ways though is like you you gotta like just go into a collaboration thinking I'm gonna actually really honestly try to collaborate with yeah. this person as opposed to like I'm gonna try to you know game this system of collaboration. You know yeah. what I mean? Like and like okay if I want to write X but that's not the kind of thing like you want to draw I'm just gonna I'll, I'll either try to sneak it past you yeah <laughs> or I'll like just you know well, come like, up with something else issue like three is this huge narrative shift yeah uh, to this other character and it's like this little girl and there's nothing I like drawing less <laughs> yeah than little girls I'm not sure how you're gonna handle those right there's there. nothing more difficult like the work I did in this place the horror it was so hard to get right and even then like the detractors of that work are like, you know, why did you have him do a person that's supposed to be a little girl? 
it just doesn't cut. And so this is what you're saying about being a good collaborator. Everything in my being is like, let's figure out a way to get rid of issue three. But the good collaborator in me is like, okay, issue three is where I will learn to be better at this. Yeah. Right? And for the sake the of my collaborate. Mm-hmm. I understand the reasons for it. Like, you don't have the to explain reason, them. You don't have to understand. It makes such good sense in the story and in the change of the pace. And there's all these things that I don't have a good reason to change it. <laughs> well, Except, a, no, but this is important for a collaborator to listen to. Yeah. My only good reason is my fear that I won't do it well. And yeah. that's not a good enough reason. Yeah. Right? That's not a good enough reason. A good reason would be like, oh, here's a better point of view. Oh, here's a more interesting character to focus on. Oh, here's a thing that'll make the ending pay off more. There is no other path to the good ending of our story than doing issue three the way you've scripted. Yeah, it has. I, I, I don't want to. But you, 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 you see it, right? I get it. So, like, I, I mean, I, if I thought but I don't want to do it. But if I, but the other, if We're I thought gonna. you didn't see it, I would have put in the script the reasons. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, you know, I've got them if you want to have them. But you can see it, I'm sure. Well, I and don't know what your scripts are like. You didn't do it for me anyway this way. But uh, when Jay Paul When did I do a script for you? Phrases. Well, we did. We worked sort of together on... Uh, what will not last. Uh, yeah, what will not last. Oh, yeah. Well, that's because we did a Marvel method. Yeah. Yeah. But the beginning of each issue, you do something that's really, I think, good. And it's it's borrowed from other writers. But you do it in a good... In a, in a good Jonathan way is sum up like the point I'm trying to make with this issue is and you sort of do that as a paragraph at the beginning of each issue that's a right? new game and technique right? I found somewhere which sums up sort of what you're really after so that if you have a disagreement of any like when I'm going through the script anything that I feel like changing or like adapting or maybe making it from a different point of view my first stop is that first paragraph at the beginning of the issue is my change in conflict with this core idea of the issue? If the answer is no, it's not in conflict with it, then I feel emboldened to make that small change. If it is in conflict, then I text you and say, this is a change I want to make. Sure. Right? And that's just a really good habit, if there are writers listening to this, that stating your end goal thematically and emotionally allows your artist to understand when they're way off base and when they're not. I'm a writer well, listening to this. I should start doing that. The other thing I'm thinking, of, well, I got we, this technique from so Neil Gaiman. That's where he, true. He yeah. talks yeah. about, he writes his scripts, apparently, he says, as a letter. He opens it as a letter, like, dear, you know, Gregory. Right. The, what I'm thinking with this is blah, blah. Scott I was like, that's, that too. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know where it comes from initially, but that's where I've kind of heard it. And... Um, the other thing I'm thinking as I'm doing this stuff, like writing for an art, for you in this example, but like writing for an artist, is I'm also thinking like, not only like what did they do well, what did they not do as well, what did they like doing, what did they hate doing, but I'm also thinking like, well, what do I think they, what I would like to see them do, but I don't really see them do a lot of. Right. Like where can I push them, in other words? Like to me, like where it's going to be f- interesting for you and like ultimately like maybe f- the most... Uh, rewarding for you would be I think if you're like not just drawing like if you're just kind of a little uncomfortable <laughs> well, right? like you're a little on the edge well, you're a little thing. unsure if you can do X with here this and there. third issue right like the issue that preceded it I went really wild with like weird conceptual stuff and issue like four is gonna be like that and, and issue four is going to be like that so issue three is necessary 
to be a character, be kind of something that Stephen would draw exceptionally well. Right? Maybe we should switch first, out. Maybe I should <laughs> sublet. You're not getting out of those. Maybe I should sublet issue three to have just Steve draw them. So I, hearing you talk about issue three, it, like I, whenever I don't know uh, for artists who are listening, whenever I come up against something like that, that's an impasse where it's like we're not getting around it. Yeah, uh, it has to be drawn. I don't even like the way my brain goes. I, I just go, okay, this. I, I go, all right. This is just another tool I'm gonna have at the end of this, uh, because multiple times I, I've been like, I don't know how to draw this. So then, it's like, like what? Pr- what? Yeah, give like an what? Example. I'll okay. I'll give you an example. Was it, so, all, was it all the hats? <laughs> oh, the hats. The hats was fun. Hats. <laughs> of course, you hats. Oh my god, infinitum was my hat hill that I died on. God. So the example would be like so. In our first book, I don't. I have one guy who almost looks black, and then in our next book, I was like the the person I pictured for the main character was the actor Sterling K. Brown, and then I'm like, okay, so I have to learn how to draw a, a whole new tool set of features for this. It's like I want it to be this. I don't see a way around this. I have to learn how to do it. So you just. Start pulling up a bunch of reference, do a bunch of do a bunch of uh, uh, practice, and you have then to do the work. Yeah. yeah, and then you end up with a whole new tool. So the next time when a writer says, "Hey, this person, I want him, I want him to look this way, or I want her to look this way," you've already got that set up, or you can set that up because everybody looks different um, and everything looks different. So you end up having to learn it eventually. I um, had a um, I had dinner with her uh, Howard Chaikin in L.A when we were there for our speaking thing. And I asked him point blank, I'm like, okay, so Howard, your characters basically are the, always the same woman as the main female lead, and always the same man as the main male lead in every book you've done for years. Like, it's the same model, same, like, he's like, yeah, I basically cast the same actor in all my films, and same actress in all my films. And I was, I was kind of like, it's got to be more to it than that. And he said, uh, I like it. So that's the only real reason that anyone needs to do anything is they like it. Sure. He said, it doesn't hurt anyone. I yeah. Love it. Right. Yeah. So that's, um, I think he probably slid a fuck you as like number Southern. three. Yeah. Right? yeah. And that's just a Howard thing. But then the other thing he said is from a practical position for me as an artist trying to meet a deadline. Yeah. Then I have tons of reference from every other book I've used to do the hard parts. He's already learned it, yeah. I've already learned it. Yeah. He's like, so, my su- you'll notice that the supporting characters range wildly. Mm-hmm. He's like, so that's where I learn new skills. Yeah. But when I know, when I'm telling someone the deadline, I'm gonna, I'm paraphrasing now, but when he would say, like, when I tell someone the deadline I can hit, I know it's because I have my reference for my leads and everything else I can make up along the way and have fun doing but when I have to do the work, the hard work, the, just the grinding work, right? It's the yeah. same guy. Yeah. Well, I, and, and yeah, I, I guess I agree with that. If you, if you, if you need for speed, but like, uh, and, and when you are working, you need to move fast. But I, the, I feel like you got to expand. I mean, obviously it works for him. Right. But as, as an artist, it, I feel like having a wider set of tools is, is better. So if you can sit and practice yeah. that. Well, I mean, he's writing yeah. and illustrating, so yeah. where he's 
you know, this is just me pontificating now, but I think personally where Chagin is taking a lot of risks is in the subject of the stories themselves. Okay. Right? Yeah. Those range wildly. He does, he's not a, a one-hit wonder or a one-trick pony when it okay. comes to the stories he will risk. Okay. So he picks up the slack elsewhere. Yeah, the slack, I think, is picked up yeah. elsewhere. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Lyndon, oh. how do you approach your writing for different people? Because you're, you're writing for so many different people at the moment. Mm-hmm. How do, do you treat it differently in particular ways? Or is there like a approach you're taking in general to um, all those situations? It's about communication, primarily. Everyone's good. you got to kind of figure out what everyone's workflow is and how they like to, how they like to work. Um, well, for example, we well, for, for well, I mean, for example, Stephen and I started working on our book. Uh, there was another life um, with a Marvel method style after doing a full script for Infinite Universe, and just recently we talked about starting to transition back to full script on that project because it seemed to, you know, facilitate a better, a, uh, more progress with the book. Whereas Zach, who I'm doing Hero Man with, he has a lot of we're. we're we both love like the classic comic book style and I can kind of trust that he has the story beats in general outline he'll get everything that he needs but also he brings in so much of his own stuff to it also um, yeah talented guy yeah, yeah yeah and uh, and Chris I know I mean you've seen his art style it's out there it's different it's not the kind of house style book that you're going to pick up anywhere and that's great um, the script that I gave him was a, a full script um, including the you know the story beats and the um, the dialogue, but maybe I mean Stephen can probably attest to this. When I hand over a script, a full script to someone, um, I'm not super bogged down by the layout or the compositions. Um, I provide a panel and you know what I imagine has to happen in that panel, and that's really it. The, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Like I mean, the dialogue's there, but. Y- what I would say is you're super open to like if I'm drawing this and I look at your guidance your guidelines for the the page I'm like that doesn't work Um, or like I don't see how this works or this can work in less panels or whatever it might be just toss it to them and I mean, and we have a discussion about it. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm not an at least that's how we work. I don't know how it is with everybody else. Yeah, I mean, I'm not yeah. an illustrator, so I'm always going to defer illustration issues to the artist as long as what they're proposing is still in line with kind of the general feeling of the story at that point so if you need to cut out three or four panels but the same thing is happening essentially that doesn't really bother me so as a writer I think and this comes back down to even what you were saying what we've kind of been talking around all night is that as a writer you need to be uh, flexible and yielding and realize that the ideas you have and the the script that you're providing isn't, you know, scripture or whatever the correct term you want to use. Um, I've done enough freelance projects now with writers and artists where I've seen writers who sort of get married to their idea and don't want it changed and feel that the, the art should reflect, you know, what was in their head. And that doesn't really work in this medium. Um, comics is so collaborative that um, you're only going to enrich and enhance your your final product by listening to the people that you're working with and making sure that everyone is just as happy as you are to be working on it. 
the uh, flip there is that you can be a megalomaniac and make comics, but then you'd better also be very well funded. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Like people, there are lots of, if you're out there and you have a deep bank account or a really big publishing deal and you want it exactly your way and you're willing to pay people for their time, you can get exactly your way out. Oh, for sure. Absolutely true. Yeah. But if there is any stake from the creative forces at play, then it has to be that give and take. Like if you're sharing in what could be the long-term life of that project, it should, yep. you know, it should reflect and the sh- whole thing. And just to hop into the Wayback Machine for a moment, you, Jonathan, had initially asked how Gregory and I started working together. And the short version of that story um, is, I think, one, I didn't harass him too too much, just a little bit, and two, I was just kind of around. Um, but no, to... Uh, Aren't those the same thing? No, no, they're not the same thing. But, uh, opposite things. So I was sitting, I've been sitting here and thinking about it for since you first asked, and um, I mean, Gre- Gregory was uh, used to be a teacher and was a teacher at the high school that I went to that I didn't take any of his classes. Um, but he, I ran into him one year on the convention circuit here in Winnipeg, and I said, you know, I would, how do I, how do I make comics? Which I'm, which is what I'm sure he gets asked a thousand times at every convention that he goes to. And uh, what he did was he told me to read Scott McCloud's Understanding Comics, and to um, look at how a script is made. And if I did all of those things, then he would look at it and tell me what he thought. And, and write something. And write something, yeah. 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 Write something. So, Not your idea, but the script. Yeah. yeah. So this is while I was bartending with Steve at the same time. Um, I wrote a script. It wasn't very good. A bunch of talking heads. Um, kind of dark, kind of hoary. Totally besides the point. I met Gregory at a restaurant in the village here in Winnipeg. And he was sitting with some other guy who was slightly older than I was. And he was talking about how... Um, you, you two were talking about doing a project together, and the other guy was saying that uh, he was working at a video game company at the time, oh. and they they were scaring they were sharing sketches of some some robot and the kid, and talking about this book that they were planning out. Oh, and I didn't know who this who this other guy was. This is Justin. This, this is, is Justin, Justin Curry. Curry. Yeah, yeah this is um, and I'm assuming the the, during the early stages of Cassie and Tom. That's right. Yeah. This would have been in 2013. Yeah, and. Um, well, that was right around the time where we turned a single black panel into a two-page spread of just pitch black. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So we uh, we talked about it and we talked about the script, and you know it was going to be a lot of work because I'd never done comics before. So I kind of walked away from it, which is fine, um, and went back to working at the bar with Stephen, and we started talking comics, and. I was like, oh, yeah, do you know, do you know Gregory Kamichuk? He was a high school teacher that I went to school with, and he does cons, and I was talking to him at the show, and Stephen was like, yeah, he actually came and spoke to my class at Red River. I wasn't there. But, yeah. <laughs> but it was, he was in it. Yeah. Skipping school. <laughs> yeah. No. And so uh, <laughs> yeah. we went to San Diego Comic-Con and said we... Steve and I went to San Diego Comic Con and said we wanted to make a comic. We didn't make a comic, but um, I went away for school, and Justin and Gregory decided that they were going to run a workshop for making comics, and so I, I passed it along to Steven, yeah. and Steven signed up for it and took the took the, the workshop, and then we decided that we were going to make a comic, and you know decided that we would ask for a lot, as much advice as we could possibly get 
from Gregory and, and Justin, and in the process of doing that, um, there was a project that you were working on with Chadwick. That's right. And you said you needed a letterer really quickly, and I was learning how to letter for my for Infinite Universe. Yeah, and that was it. So, okay, so a couple of things I want to clarify for this. When I was teaching, I was producing a book or two a year, either producing and or publishing a book or two a year, every year for the 10 years that I was teaching. And so when I made the break from teaching into comics and illustration full-time, it's because I had this sort of backlist to stand on. Um, And so all that time I was teaching, I was also spending my nights, just like you guys as bartenders, right, making books. Right, figuring that stuff out. But when Chadwick, he said, I want to collaborate with you on this uh, project. Could you do it? We both had, uh, we were working with a publisher that kind of was sucking for both of us. So we were like, we had bonded over that. And I said to him, like, I don't really have a lot of time to do anything that's really specifically scripted. So I'll do it. If I can just, you give me the characters, I'll draw this character, scenario, and outcome that I feel will be fun to draw in those few pages of a really short story, and then you come in and write to my illustrations. Kind of like a reverse, uh, or kind of like what Stan and Jack did, method, yeah. but Stan took all the credit for it. Um, we did it Classic. that way. And so I even went so far as to put in where the bubbles would be. You did the bu- balloons. Right? Like, yeah. I worked the balloons into the art so that they weren't mutable. It was like, yeah. if someone's going to say something, this is where they're going to say it. Yeah, I don't know. What are you telling me about I'm not in charge of what they say, but this is where they're going to say amazing. it. So that I felt like I was telling a story. <laughs> Visually, like completely yeah. telling the story. Taking the reins on. Then I gave it to Chadwick, and he was like, "Man, I've never written so specifically to a set of art before. This is kind of fun." And then I knew that you were wanting, and this yeah. would be a way for us all. I was donating my time. Chadwick was donating his time. Yeah. So since we were all doing that, it didn't seem like too much of an ask. On a what was it? Four pages? Five pages? Three maybe? pages, I think. Three pages. Was it? Yeah, because it's to the page turn. I yeah. think you're right. It's three pages. Not a big ass to ask a letterer to come in and do what is essentially like three, four hundred words. Yeah. Right over three pages. Yeah. To donate that time. Was for a project. We were I think you offered well. to pay me actually. Yeah, but I offered to pay you. Yeah. 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 Because I knew Chadwick couldn't, but I didn't want it to be like, hey, come and do free work, kid. Yeah. Because okay. like, if you're gonna learn, I did it. I wanted to do it yeah. for free, but. Well, but I think something that's kind of being skipped over here that is really important is the idea that you know you're you're it's a bunch of people kind of who are running into each other because they're doing things yeah and I think like like when I first met if I recall correctly my first time I met Linda was at a workshop you were and Justin and Samantha were running yeah and oh, Lyndon was right. there, and and at one point Lyndon, you know, met you or Lyndon mentioned somebody mentioned that he, he, he mentioned that he had done a this Infinite book. Universe book, yeah. and I immediately my rule my personal rule, so I I shouldn't say this on this on a podcast. <laughs> so don't say it. Stop my right personal now. rule is if somebody tries to sell like mentions their book or has it in their hand or it has or like off like I'll buy it from them, 
if they actually it's have. It's so to. funny you say that because that is a hundred percent how you operate it, and I've always they have thought, in their hand. What a champion they, of every author, Jonathan is. <laughs> we'll just buy it, yeah. Yeah, I'll just instantly buy it. I'll, I'll buy that. You always say someone's like, oh yeah, I have a copy. Is it? Do you have a copy? If well, they if they say they have it, if they yeah. are tr- making even the half-hearted attempt to sell it to me, I'll buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you're that. A you're a true You bought office. it on the spot. I bought it on the spot. I didn't even know what it was. I didn't care what it was. But the reason I do that is there's a couple of reasons for that. So one reason is this altruistic reason of I just want, you know, maybe that person will never sell another book. Yeah. You want to support them the way you wish them. you were supported. Because yeah. they did something. Yeah. They're not talking about a, fuck, a book that they might do. Yeah. They did it. They did that book. Yeah. And the other thing, though, is a purely selfish reason, which is I'm like, let me buy this book, see if this guy is good, good at lettering. Right. <laughs> or be, writing, or drawing, cheap. or whatever. Yeah. Or drawing, or whatever. He'd be cheap. I mean, he's <laughs> good. I'm less cheap now. <laughs> well, yes, but do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So there's like, there's an altruistic reason, which uh, is like a philosophical reason, but there's also like just a practical reason. Yeah, you're I want building to your work pool. Who basically. around me is doing stuff? <laughs> well, and you when you and I are talking an eye collector, yeah. so I mean, it's it's kind of ridiculous for me to come if you look objectively at it, for me to expect you to want to do anything with the eye collector. Given that you, at that point, had done like 17 books, and I literally written no comic strips. Never done comics. I collected yeah. was the first comic yeah. strips I've ever written. Yeah, but I know that on one level, in your head, you're like, well, John will actually do something. Okay, but script. here's there's a practical side. Here's again a collaboration point. We had collaborated on other things at sure. that point. Yeah, smaller we had worked things. on film treatments together. We had worked on smaller things. I knew. That you are a person that if you have decided to accomplish something, it will get finished. Yeah. To what degree the world will love it is never up to us, right? You have to have finished things in order for them to be shown to people. So when it's the same thing that I, the advice I gave to you was make something and then I'll look at it. I don't want to talk about how great your idea is. Yeah. Show me what it is, and then we'll talk about it. Well, I mean, that yeah, was the kernel of how Steven and I finished Infinite Universe. Like, we made it and published it because our belief was that no one was going to take us seriously about making something until we had made something. True. Zach Sigerson from that same thing was the yeah. same thing. Yeah. Then it was like, text us, hey, Zach Sigerson from that group. Remember, he bought, he's got this book. I go, tell, tell him if he sends me an email, ask me to buy the book, tell me about the book, I'll buy it. Yeah. And I... And, you know, I did not go and buy it. Yeah. I waited for, I, uh, I think it was, like, quite a while. It was, like, a month or something, or, or two months, maybe. But then he finally, like, he's like, hey, a while back, Lennon told me, I'm emailing you. Yeah. You know, here's the link. You can buy yes. the book. And I yeah. went and instantly bought it, and I've got a copy at home. Because that's the rule. I want to know who's doing things, and I want to reward people around me for doing things. So I think when we look at the, the general question that you brought up, which is, like, how do you find a collaborator... Um, it feels as though you it has like the best yeah you can pay someone but the 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 best relationships that I have with other people or people that I've worked with are the relationships that have almost come up organically. Um, you can approach someone because you want something, or you can approach someone because you want to support the community, you want to support them, and you just kind of want to be in that circle. And it feels as though the longer-lasting relationships are the the second of those two options. Um, I know that I joked about how Gregory and I have worked together because I was there, but uh, to some degree, to some degree that's true. That's right? true. Yeah. Like I, I, Gregory was always busy doing stuff because that's his life. 
Um, and Steve and I started making things, and I kept making things. And then it was, hey, here's three pages. Can you do this really quickly? And I think I sent it. I got it back to you in like three hours, type thing. Yeah, you did it real fast, and then you made adjustments. Uh, that's mostly how I remember it. Is that you got right to it, and then when Chadwick had some changes to be made, you just made them without any fuss or complaint. And then it was like this little, little, you know, it becomes a mark on the wall of like, okay, there is a reliable person. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I remember just before the COVID times, you know, you and Justin before studio, the COVID times. So I was spending. Is that how we're going to talk about this? BC thing? before I COVID. I was spending a lot of time in just your, your, in your studio, <laughs> you and Justin's studio. And, you know, people are coming in, people are going out. There's a lot of people are kind of moving in and out of the studio, and it's always the same conversation. It's like, you know, people are always talking about things. It's like Justin's on the phone. Somebody calls them. They're talking about things. They go, like, oh, "What's that project going?" Well, you know, they're talking about this, but you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll that's, and that's the thing. Like, we'll see if they do it. We'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll see who's real. You know. Yeah. It's kind of what it is. And I think, like, in some ways, the way I would sum it up, perhaps, you know, if you want to like start to wind towards an ending here, I think maybe the like philosophy of it in some ways is if you want a collaborator, you have to kind of be a collaborator. Yeah, you gotta yeah. have that honest spirit of collaboration and like honestly want to collaborate and not just have your way and not just you know pull rank or, or whatever like to really get something out of it in a way that's producing something good you have to kind of go into it with that approach and so I, I think that's it's in some ways like it's that kind of you know we were kind of joking and making fun of the secret earlier but it is kind of like the secret in the sense of like you gotta like not in the magical thinking way. Not in the magical way. thinking way, but in that you don't sort of attitude of like... another you. But that attitude of like, you know, if I'm just willing and open to do a, a real and true collaboration and I'm doing things, people can tell that I'm doing... And, and I would be maybe a good person to collaborate with. Right. And my deal that we're hammering out is reflecting that yeah. before we even start. Like, there's just... All the signs are there, you know, that I would be worth collaborating with. Various ways. Something to add too that you know, like you guys have all made fun of me for being hard to reach or being too busy uh, in this podcast. But one <laughs> of the things that compared to us, fun of you, I found no, it's good. It's, it's admirable. Uh, well, we're jealous. We're envious. Yeah. Well, here's something that is also practical. For every ten projects that I fall in love with and I want to happen, nine of them don't happen. Whether you're collaborating or not, and they start. And so you have to be able to, if you're collaborating often and you want to do this on, a, on the regular, you have to be a person that generates lots of ideas that you completely love and can let die in order to make a living at it. Right? If you want to just make things, you can do it on the side, you can have any job you want, and you can put out a book or two a year make no money from it and it's just a thing you love and there is nothing wrong with that it's a hundred percent valid in fact maybe more valid than doing it commercially but when i made the break to say this is my now full-time living i'm going to support my family with this i had to ratchet up the number of times my heart got broken every week every month every year for a project that isn't going to happen, that you have to have the enthusiasm to make almost happen, right? Mm-hmm. And so there is a, 
it's not easy to collaborate. People will always talk about the successful collaborations because they're easy. They seem like effortless and they give back so much. Unsuccessful collaborations take a lot away from you. And you have to figure out what things outside of your life, creatively, refill that bucket, refill that well. Because you got to go there all the time. Mm-hmm. you got to figure out what those things are, or you're not going to be a good collaborator. I think to add to that, um, I, I agree with it, but I think when you're looking at the best collaborations or how someone should look at a collaboration when they're coming from outside of this industry and trying to, and trying to enter into it is that when... Um, when a collaboration goes well or you're, you're truly invested in this community or the Making Comics community, uh, on some level, your aim should be to lift, to lift others up along with your own rise. Sure, yeah. Because that's how we make it along. Um, the, the number of times that I'll see, you know, an opportunity that isn't right for me, but I'll pass it along to someone that I think it would be better suited for I don't like you lose track of them and you hope that that's reciprocal and most of the time it is reciprocal if the people that you're surrounding yourself with are you know good quality people so I think when someone is entering into this that's really what they should be looking out for it shouldn't be you know how do I make this thing that I want to make like yes that may come along but one of the things that you should be focusing on is how can I help the other people that are trying to do this? And how can I do what I can to help others and just hope that they're going to do the same thing for me when that opportunity comes around? And I'll, I'll add my thing to that is um, a lot of people will look at their location as a, as a flaw in their ability to get something going or find somebody to go with. But... Um, we didn't leave Winnipeg and there's a lot of people here who we work with, who we can talk with, who have great ideas. You can just look to your left at your best friend who you go to the movies with all the time, who might be sitting there at home trying to brew up an idea for a book that you want to draw. So, and and then our, your community now in this day and age has expanded to the internet. Mm -hmm. Um, and, there's always going to be someone there. You just got to float your idea and, and, and see who wants to add to it. That's what I would say. J-Ball? Any last words, anybody, uh, about... Go make Being comics. awesome? Yeah, go, yeah. Make, yeah. Just go make stuff. Go do stuff. All the time. Do stuff and don't be selfish. Yeah. yeah. Do stuff and don't be selfish. Yeah. Keep writing the wrong way. <laughs> 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 you cut that out if it's super cool. <laughs> <laughs>